0: The bloom of power in imperial China. Religion. China's religious beliefs
1: mainly consisted of three main religions: called Taoism, Confucianism, and Buddhism. First, we have Taoism. Taoism was founded during the Zhou Dynasty in the sixth century by Lao Tzu. Taoism was the belief in which people should be one with nature, and the people believe that all living things have universal force. They are the people who created such found out about the yin yang. Next, we have Confucianism. Confucianism was a person born in fifth. 55- 551 BC. He was a philosopher and thinker. He came up with ways and ideas to behave and live. He didn't write them down, but his followers did. His his teachings were about how to respect, be polite, and to be fair. Lastly, we have Buddhism. Buddhism was a person as well, and born in Nepal, South South China, 63 BC. He was based on the teachings of Buddhism, of Buddha. He believed in rebirth of self and cycle of rebirth, and he believed in karma. Karma is the sum of a person's actions in the previous states of existence,
2: viewed as deciding their fate in the future existence. Geography The geography of Imperial China was quite different than other civilizations. You see, Imperial China was known to be isolated because of the various deserts from the west and east. The Himalaya mountains couldn't even be crossed by humans. Now, all of these geographic struggles stopped China from gaining independence from other civilizations. However, they did have some advantages, like rivers. Rivers that were located on the south and north, like the Yangtze and the Yellow River, were also such important factors. They provided resources like water, food, transportation, and much more. Political. Imperial China is known greatly for having many dynasties. Not necessarily in order, we start with the Shah dynasty that lasted from 2100 to 1600 BCE. Then there was the Zhou dynasty that lasted from 1600 to 1050 BCE. The Zhou dynasty was the longest lasting dynasty. This dynasty had a feudal and decentralized government. A decentralized government is more equal since power is spread through a legislative body instead of just a certain group of people. From 221 to 256, there was the Qin Dynasty. The Qin Dynasty was the dynasty to first have a centralized government, meaning that all power was held by one person or one group of people. Even though they only lasted 15 years, they were still able to influence the world today. The Han Dynasty from 206 BCE to 220 BCE had a centralized government as well. They were able to help with the flourishing of the Silk Road. These were the most important dynasties that really achieved great things, like advancement in art, law, philosophy, and history. But there were still the Song, Yuan, Ming, and much more dynasties that once ruled.
0: Economic. Over the years, imperial China's economy slowly began growing. And although many reasons contributed to this, agriculture was a big part of the boom in China's economy. Because of the bloom in the production of rice, this period of time also saw an increasing improvement in farming methods. As the production of rice increased, slowly China was able to feed the people as the population grew. Due to the wars and attacks being thrown at them by the people of Mongolia, many landowners slash farmers were forced to abandon their land and move to the south. But this move south allowed farmers to grow many more products apart from the usual wheat and millet. This allowed farmers to slowly begin producing more goods that help feed the growing population of China. Social Structures Apart from the emperor, China had a total of four social structures, beginning with the imperial family, nobles and officials, peasants, artisans, and merchants, and a small percentage of slaves. The emperor and his family were at the very top of the social class. It was known that the emperor ruled from a palace in the capital city, and they were known to be worshipped by all citizens because they were believed to be appointed by heaven and did not need to be obeyed by humans. Emperors expected citizens to be loyal and obedient, without the need to discipline them. Emperors tended to have many, many, many wives because of the need to produce a male heir. After the emperor chose his heir, the mother was then proclaimed empress. This allowed her to gain access to many goods from her family, including land, as well as posts in the royal household. As for peasants, although they were considered one of the lowest classes, they were still considered of importance because they produced the food society would consume. Peasants were known to usually lead simple lives due to the reason that they were not as wealthy as most. Even throughout harsh conditions, peasants were forced to work the land, and the crops killed during this time of year meant the provisions for winter of the family were gone, too. But the job of harvesting was often left to men. But as for women, although some did choose to work the, f- work the field, they were mainly known to take care of the household and provide clothes for the family, and, because of this, they could even sometimes earn money from the clothes they wove. But alas, no matter how poor, every peasant had to pay taxes, thus resulting in families not having enough provision for the winter. As for slaves, although they made up a small percentage of the population, they were known to be used in imperial China as well. Usually, slaves were most commonly relatives of criminals or people who sold themselves and their children because they were very poor.
1: Besides the other things, there were nobles and officials. The nobles were the class in ancient China. Nobles were typically the extended family of the emperor slash empress but they could also become nobles if they excelled in their fields or in the military. The status of nobles changed depending on who was currently in favor with the emperor. Next are the artisans. Artisans are are, were art of the common class and included painters, carpenters, potters, and jewelry makers. Artisans earned more than the farmers, but less than the merchants. Lastly, were merchants. The merchant class included traders, animal lenders, and money lenders. Merchants were considered the lowest class out of the four. Citizens of the Chinese civilization did not consider them to be the contribution to society because they worked for their own gain. Despite being considered the lowest, and the low merchants were often wealthy and lived in luxurious homes. Many during the Han Dynasty were even considered threats due to the fact that they were becoming increasingly wealthy, but they were But they were put restrictions by having to pay higher taxes than most and being forced to enroll in the army. Thus, summarizing the four social classes of Emperor China.
0: Overall, this concludes our presentation.